Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and tonight is going to be a lot of fun because we continue the Project 86 Omnibus with part two of not only Omni, but then part two of my conversation with Andrew of Project 86. Andrew, man, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Again. No, I, <laughs> no, you you passed the test. <laughs> that was all a trial right on before. Yeah. Right on. No, man, I, I really appreciate you showing up, especially with how much you have going on. And Jeez. I think that's one of the big things right now. So tell me, we are the weekend after the unveiling, the releasing to the public of Omni Part 2. I think a lot of people know, obviously, from the last time we talked and also your big band as well. So I think the news spread pretty quickly about how important this has been for you and to have this huge two-part album come out. How are you feeling now that it's all out there? Well, it's it's a sigh of relief. It's also really satisfying uh, to see the reaction. Obviously, that's why we do what we do, right? Mm-hmm. You 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 want that reaction, whether it's performing on stage or or releasing new content or music, a music video, whatever. You know, you live uh, for the feedback, and the feedback has been not just positive. It's been really like people being blown away. That's awesome. Um, a lot of people saying, you know, this is far beyond anything that you've ever put out. And I mean, that's all, that's the goal, right? right. But, uh, I, you know, y- you put out enough records and sometimes you can't always quantify what the reaction is going to be. Mm-hmm. But I felt pretty confident going into these releases uh, that we had something pretty special here. Uh, but the reaction to part two has been, um, I wasn't expecting it. It's It's okay. been pretty awesome. <laughs> it's been it's been amazing. So, uh yeah, I'm stoked, man. So, even though it's kind of a cliche, is it a double-edged sword for you because for anyone that doesn't know, really you kind of had said Omni Part 1 and Part 2 were going to be the last thing that Project 86 does when it comes to music itself. So, is that hitting you that you're going to be done or have you changed your mind? Because you kind of hinted a little bit the last time we spoke that really anything can happen. Has that changed your mind any with how responsive people have been to part one and part two? Well, it's a can of worms and I'm glad you're kind of opening it because it allows me to address it. And it's funny how many people have been bringing this up. I really wasn't expecting this, you know, and just looking at different people's comments on, you know, the different social media platforms and emails and you know everywhere online sure a lot of people are are saying is this the end this can't be the end is this the end right this is you know what i mean and and i'm going man just appreciate this record right now well, it true. just came out <laughs> right right well we so i'm just thinking more. that i'm like we always yeah yeah more. and so and like works. people are stoked on it and they just want, they immediately want more and yes. i'm like i'm like geez okay <laughs> let's talk about it i didn't realize this was coming already i figured we were going to get to these questions you know three six nine months down the line so everybody everybody's asking about it, so i've been talking about it and okay. and here's where i'm at and i in order for me to like really answer this question i have to go back a little bit in time and tell you the reasons why i announced this is it sure. you know what i mean the, the, this is you know, we've put out a lot of records over oh, the years. Yeah. Yep. And coming around to the the announcement, I was really at a place of fatigue with a couple of pieces of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. One, 
just creatively feeling like I just don't know where else to go. I feel like everything that we've done as Project 86, like what else can we do? You know, it's kind of established what Project 86 is and isn't, even though there's been a lot of variance inside of record to record Sonics, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Feeling uh, just like it's daunting. You know what I mean? Like I just honestly, it just didn't feel like exciting to me to do another project record. Right. But the idea of the unknown of this is it made me excited. Because I'm like, okay, all bets are off. This is it. Lay all your cards on the table. So that created a, a new pressure that I hadn't felt, which was really, really good and mm-hmm. really beneficial creatively. The other thing that was really pushing me towards announcing that was when I was younger uh, in my singing career, I developed what's called a vocal cord nodule. Right. Uh, and, and a lot of people know what that is. It's basically where you develop a callus on your vocal cords that impedes you from singing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the way that i've sung or shouted throughout my career it's kind of like my thing you know it's people know my voice from that shout but that what people don't know is that sound is really hard to make like it hurts like i have to put forth a lot of effort Mm -hmm. to make that sound and it injures it has injured my my vocal cords along the way so i developed a vocal cord nodule a long time ago really on our third record and i was at the sort of threshold of having to make a decision as to whether or not i was going to get vocal cord surgery and i decided not to knowing that that was kind of a roll of the dice i just you know, I did a lot of research on what that surgery can do. Mm-hmm. It can it can create scar tissue on your vocal cords and you can potentially never have, never be able to use your voice in the same way again. Right. So I decided not to get the surgery and kind of go it alone type of thing. N- not going to doctors anymore, or vocal coaches and just figuring it out on my own. Well, for little, literally two, two decades, I'd been proceeding as if you know, I was damaging my voice more and more and more and more and more. And the fur- further I went, the more I was convinced of that with just the way that it felt. Culminating in uh, coming down with COVID a few years ago right. uh, and losing my voice pretty bad. Um, and then I had to go to the doctor because I lost my voice for like six weeks. I went to the doctor really planning on uh, getting bad news mm-hmm. and them telling me your voice is gone. You can't sing anymore. And they told me the opposite. It was kind of a miracle. And they said, uh, you know, your voice is fine. Here's your vocal cords. It actually looks great. Whatever you had going on before has been, it's gone. Right. So that combined with going into the studio and doing a a more aggressive vocal sound and sort of discovering for the first time how to use my voice aggressively without losing my voice. Absolutely. That that completely reinvented the thing for me. Mm -hmm. So that combined with just totally going places sonically that I've always wanted to go that for some reason we just never did and just Mm -hmm. fighting for that, which is like a heavier sound, a more metal sound. Mm -hmm. On the other side of that, I felt born again. And that combined with all the world building that we did surrounding Omni, it really put me in a place where I realized the last Project 86 record is not this one. It was the, the previous one. Ah, I see what you're saying. Sheep okay. among wolves. Yeah. Okay. So what what I'm telling people and what I'm slowly leaking out, I haven't 
you know, officially announce this, but I will soon. I just wanted to let people absorb the record first. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Of course. Is that moving forward, I want to reinvent this whole thing. I want to kind of rebrand it. Instead of Project 86, it'll be known as P86 Omni. And what I'm calling it is cyberpunk metal set in the Omniverse. Okay. And so it will be an exploration of all of this world building and Mm -hmm. narrative surrounding, you know, mankind's relationship with technology and all of that framed inside of a world that is very much connected to our own real world where a big tech company takes over everything and becomes a one world technocracy. Right. Uh, So it's really exciting for me. It's uh, brand new. Uh, Everything from top to bottom is reinvented. And the cheesy analogy that I've been giving people is the original, I don't know if you remember this, the the, the original Transformers movie in the 80s. Okay. Uh, okay. Everybody knows uh, Optimus Prime and Megatron. Of you course. Know, the good guys and the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Good guy and the bad guy. So Optimus Prime dies at the hands of Megatron. And Megatron is basically killed as well, but he's resurrected uh, and basically reanimated as Galvatron. So he looks uh. different. He sounds different. He's more powerful. He's more evil, uh, but he's still Megatron yes. in, a, in a sense. Right. And that's kind of what's happened with my band. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> we, I, I like the analogy. I definitely, I definitely get it. I, I, when we had talked last time, I had said the same thing when you, when you told that story. You're the first person I know that was actually cured by COVID. I know. I am glad. Yeah. I'm very glad that this has, you know, it's given you that that other chance to be something that you wanted. The other thing that I want to note, too, is you are also very unique because most bands in the scene don't tend to get heavier. I know. I so know. I'm very, very happy that that is what you're doing because, as you know, I've been a fan for a very long time, but I can tell you straight up and I want to digest the album as well. I don't want to just move on, but I think that that question is always pretty important, especially because you put it out there that you were initially ending. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, well, what, you know, what's happening now kind of thing. But yeah, Omni Part 2 is my favorite album of yours. Oh, thanks, man. It absolutely I, is. I just think it came out so good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really stoked on it, dude. It's oh, just, as you should be. You should be very proud. I can listen to it and put it on and just be like, man, this came out good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, I'm just so pumped on it, dude. I'm so pumped, man. We just dropped the Pariah music video and then the music video came out really rad too. It really did. Good good spot, man. And I've learned a lot of lessons over the years on how to do this thing. And, And, you know, obviously probably like everybody else, I didn't have any clue what I was doing when we first started. And I kind of just didn't have a clue the entire time. And for the first time, I feel like I can say I kind of have a clue now on how to execute the things that I want to execute. And kind of the bottom line is this, this is what I've learned on this record. Mm -hmm. When you have a vision for something and you have a thing that you're passionate about, don't let anyone talk you out of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if you're working with a team of people, and this is in any, any setting, not even a creative setting, you know, this can apply to, to a lot of different contexts. If you have a strong vision and, and you're passionate about it and passionate enough to do the work that it takes to birth that thing into the world, and you're hiring people or you're working with other people on that project, you, you have to find a way 
to communicate to your team uh, in a motivational sense to buy in to that vision. And then you have to keep them on track and you can't let anyone like sway you from, from what that passion and what that direction is. Right. Now, with all that being said, I've got to give another big shout out to the entire team squad of people that have touched this thing because I couldn't have could have done this on my own. There's no way, sure. you know, in fact, I always tell people I was the least talented person <laughs> in the room. Uh, every, everyone from Darren King to uh, Matt Putman and oh, sure. Michael P- Palmquist and Bo Burchell and George Lever and Grayson Stewart and Philip Ferris, Matt Marquez, Abshai Collingsworth, Cody Driggers. Uh, there's just a long hitter. list of very, yeah. very, very talented people that in one way or another have touched this thing. Also video directors, Spencer Olson and our most recent video director, uh, who I'm so proud of is, is, uh, Adam Standen. Um, really, really have, uh, you know, demanded a lot from the people that I work with and they have just, uh, delivered tenfold on this thing. And I'm, I'm just stoked of what's for what's been accomplished. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's great to be able to let everyone know how much those people have been able to help because you can hear it. You can hear it in what you're doing. It's obviously not one person. The whole team together really made this come together, especially. So you, I would say you've done a really great job of also putting that team together, I would guess as well. The other guy I have to give a real specific shout out to is my boy, my good friend, Corey Brandon, who was kind of like... Oh, yes. He was kind of like the dude just as a friend, as a buddy who really planted the thought in my mind that I could do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of explained to him my initial idea for this thing. And he was like really encouraging about it. He was like, dude, you can do this. Like, and you're going to make it awesome and I'm going to help you. And I want to connect you with some people I've worked with. And right. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of really talented people to touch this thing. I also had a, you know, he did a guest vocal spot on it. And then on part two, on the last song would do so, we had uh, Johannes uh, Person from Cult of Luna. That was a very unique pick. I was going to ask you why you went in that direction. Obviously, it came out great, but that's a very unique pick. So how did that happen? I'm just a fan. (laughs) I've listened to Cult of Luna since... uh, way back in like 2004, I think. Mm-hmm. And I actually almost, um, we as a band almost hired uh, uh, Magnus, what's his last name? Uh, Larson, I believe. Okay. Uh, who, he plays guitar in Cult of Luna, oh, but he's also okay. their, their producer and mixer. Yeah. I almost hired him to produce the fifth Project 86 record. And we almost recorded that in Sweden. Oh, all right. So, uh, they've been kind of on my radar ever since then. And I love, uh, their catalog and, um, I just thought it'd be cool to have, have him on a song. Yeah. I mean, the dynamics worked really, really well. So I can see why you would want to do that for sure. Yeah. He, and he's a super nice guy oh, um, good. for okay. wor- working remotely. It was, you know, it was funny when I sent him the song, he's like, dude, this is the most technical, difficult thing <laughs> that I've ever by far worked on nice and i was like yeah kind of us too we've not been a techie band in the past and, right and right. we went to some new places here for uh brutality ep which is the second side of of omni part two but it really really came out interesting yeah no it really did and i think that's what i wanted to ask you as well when it came to so you had worked with Bo in the beginning for part one 
but I have it here that you had worked with um with George, right? Yeah. For the mixing of part two. And right. for anyone that doesn't know, George works with Loathe and he works with holding absence and and sleep token. And I think a lot of people know how electronic heavy loathe and sleep token are. So to be able to do that mixing makes a whole lot of sense for what you guys were trying to pull off in Omni Part 2. Was that the reason for really switching from Bo to George because of that? You know, I had been talking to George for a little while going into this record because I just liked the way his records sound. I just just think his work sounds unique. You know what I mean? And... I, you know, in working with Bo, um, I was really happy with the way that Omni Part One came out. He mm-hmm. worked really hard. Uh, he was really easy to work. Like I, we produced the vocal with him as well, so uh, I worked with him in addition to the mix on the on the production side as well. Um, just probably the easiest dude I've ever worked with. Nice uh, and super happy with it. And then when it came down to working on Part Two, uh, I. I the plan was not initially to hire George. Oh. Uh, George and I were talking and we're friends, but it didn't. The thought didn't cross my mind to hire him. Uh, I actually went back to Bo and asked if he was interested in mixing um, just the some of the songs on part two, mm-hmm. uh, and he was just booked. He ah. was booked really far out, uh, and so initially, you know, I. I the plan was to mix in house basically part two. Okay. And after, after doing that, we, I just decided, you know, we need to do something that levels this up a little bit more. I see. So after realizing, Oh man, I think I should hire Bo to do part two as well. (laughs) Um, he wasn't available. It's not that George was my second choice. He wasn't, it was just more of like, Bo had already mixed part one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it kind of made sense to have a mix part two. Of course. He just wasn't available uh, or our schedules weren't lining up. So then I hit up George and I was like, hey, George, look, man, we're looking to go a different direction for the mix here. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm available if, 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 if you guys want to hire me. Oh. And I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't this thing that was like premeditated. Okay. It just sort of happened. So, and, and George's sound is different than Bo's sound. Right. Uh, and I feel like where we landed is sort of in the middle of what George normally does and in the middle of what Bo normally does. Bo's True. a little bit more like roomy, vibey, uh, even, even more uh, wetness in his sound. And George is a little, a lot more on the dry side of things. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. Right. So we, we, we kind of pushed George to go a little less dry and, and, uh, Bo a little less ambient. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, where we ended up is a little bit different, I think, than what you would typically think of when you listen to either of their records that they produce and mix. Yes. I, I totally agree. My, my comment was definitely more on the electronic side for sure. I think you guys balanced out everything very well with whomever, you were mixing with for both albums. I think that comes across really well because it, it's, appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. It's the production value that also helps out. No matter how great your scream is going to be, or how great your lyrics and your story and all that, if you don't have the right person putting everything together or the right team putting everything together, it'll sound. You know, there's a possibility of it sounding muddled. That your actual everything that you have skill at 
not coming through has that possibility. So that's why putting that team together is so important. And I'm glad that with Bo not being able to do it, that George was, because I think it really did bring something uh, to Omni Part 2 as well. Totally. I'm really stoked on the way that it came out. Just the just the Sonics. Yeah. No, yeah what we really wanted was, was to be able to have everything be forward. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess that's what everybody wants, oh, sure, but it's like, sure. I feel like we finally achieved this thing where like everything is loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yes, what I mean? Okay. All right. I like that. <laughs> well, I, let me, let me kind of, I'm going to transition a little bit to the story and your writing process for this. So not, not how you wrote, but we did touch on this the last time. And now you know, going through the lyrics and being able to go through everything in Omni Part 2, we know that Omni Part 2 is more the prequel to Omni Part 1. And my question to you is, why? well, the first question anyways, is with that storyline, why not do Omni Part 2 first? Because you are, I mean, obviously you're in charge of writing. You're able to decide how you want this to go. Was it more that you really wanted the hard-hitting part of the album to come second? Or did it have something where you're trying to put that first part of the story, or I guess the second part, the ending part of the story, there to begin with? It's a good question. Uh, I started with part one as an idea, Mm -hmm. and I really wanted the thrust of the content to revolve around the events surrounding the the festival omnifest where this the application the augment is is revealed and people basically are uh exposed to the idea for the first time that they can live forever and i really wanted to explore what would happen if that became reality uh the idea of part two wasn't birthed until part one was fully conceived if that Ah. makes sense oh yeah absolutely okay so i had a number of different ideas for part two like okay is this going to be more narrative is this going to be what is this Mm -hmm. and so i thought it would be a unique idea to do two eps that were basically not narrative based but more giving you insight into the two antagonist characters that are in part one. Right. So the backstory almost Mm -hmm. like origin stuff. And so that's what you've got is you, you have two EPs that are told from the, or, or, or recited from the perspective of these two characters. Right. One is a, the founder of the Omni corporation, uh, a, a technological innovator, a, genius guy Mm -hmm. who basically becomes the first user of all of his technology right Right. and so he's really obsessed with the idea of expanding his human potential he's a transhumanist to the core Mm -hmm. and so we're documenting documenting his process of exploring these concepts of transhumanism and inventing these applications and energy sources and such right. um, that will eventually be released to the public and influence society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're getting insight into his mantras, into his you know operating mechanism, right? right? And so I thought that that would be an interesting thing to explore. 
And we do the same thing on the brutality side, which is side two, the heavier side. And you'll notice that the lyric writing is completely almost different on these two EPs. Mm -hmm. You know, one is a lot more heady and ethereal and sci-fi. The other is almost spoken like a, like a dictator. You know what I mean? It's, It's a little bit more bold statements, more simple, more straightforward, more preachy, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. And uh, I really tried to embody both of these characters and really go deep into what their what their motivations might be and who makes, what makes them, you know, tick, sure. so to speak. Yeah, yeah, right. So that that was kind of the way I approached it. Yeah, that's, I mean, what a, what an interesting way to do it. It comes off so well. And I also... I find it funny. I, I kind of chuckle to myself when you say, you know, heavier side is the second part. I hope people have had a chance to listen to it. So maybe they're laughing a little bit too. But if you have not, just know that when Andrew says that, part one is heavy as well. Part one is heavier than most of the quote unquote heavy things that are in the scene right now. So you have heavy in part one, but then you have heavier in part two. And I personally appreciate that a lot. <laughs> that's cool man yeah, yeah. It, it it just worked out that way dude because you have to understand after we recorded part one and the idea came across our plates of doing like a brutality ep mm-hmm. and doing something even heavier it, it, like more than once and more than one person said how are we gonna beat this sure you know what i mean <laughs> like how are we gonna make something heavy? like there are moments on part one where i'm just like gosh you know what i mean yeah. like i mean part one's uh, heavy the, too it's just more narrative and there's more ambiance yeah. to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, there's just like, it's, it just hit. I love the way it hits. Yeah. I'm just really proud of this work, dude. No, I'm, I'm really I'm proud glad. of it. No, I'm, I'm very yeah. glad. And, and I think when you talk about, I, I, I just want to ask too, I, I think we might've talked about this in the first part of our talk when Omni part one came out, but originally was the plan, even though they are two EPs, put into one did you talk about before releasing them separately you know the strategy here was always in flux and and it's kind of been an ever-evolving thing Mm -hmm. uh i i really made a lot of decisions for the benefit of the fans um i really tried to consider because this this whole thing i mean we're independent i mean we we are completely supported by by (laughs) by the listeners you know what i mean the people that the people that subscribe on Patreon and the people that pre-order the albums and the vinyl and mm-hmm. the t-shirts, you know, yeah, that's, that's, uh, how this whole thing happens. And, you know, it took a lot longer to make this music than what I wanted it to. Uh, oh, when I announced sure. that okay. we were going to do a double album, man, I wanted to have this thing done and out a year ago. Right. Uh, and it just didn't work that way. Like, you know, especially when you were trying to work with guys that are in demand, you know, really talented people that have careers uh, making creative stuff, they're usually pretty far booked out, right? Yes, right, right. And so you can either cut corners and try to rush the thing out, or you can wait for the right people to do the work with. It's just going to take longer. And then, and then, you know, if there's revision and you know uh, production times are delayed, and you know, we've experienced every. Thing that is imaginable, imaginable to cause a delay right. throughout this process. Um, so I made the decision to drop part one to streaming to throw the fans a bone mm-hmm. 
because I didn't want all the people that had supported us through pre-ordering and through being on the Patreon uh, to have to wait and right. wait and wait and wait because they, w- they would have lost interest or I-, I think their trust would have been eroded over time. So, you know, dropping part one before part two, a year before part two, was if to say, look, dudes, here's what we're working on. You know, here's evidence that your your investment in what we're doing is, you know, time, money, trust, well spent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and stay tuned. We've got a lot more good stuff coming down the pipe. So I really love that the consensus here seems to be that part two is even better than part one uh, because uh, I, I, I just think that it restores a lot of confidence in people who've been waiting Mm-hmm. And waiting and waiting. And, uh, you know, I see these comments online. It's like, Johnny's democracy. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you just got to wait. It's going to be, you're going to be stoked. Trust me. Right. You know, and now it's like, okay. You know, people are like, all right. Yeah, dude, yeah. you're right. <laughs> the hype, the hype was real. It lived yeah. up, it lived up and surpassed. Hopefully. Sure. You know what I mean? Well, you were also very good. You know, when I look at the Patreon and I'll have a link in, wow, if I could speak. I will have the link for that in the uh, episode description as I did before. When you look at how hands-on you've been with everyone, though, too, you have a podcast where you talk about you know Project 86 stuff. You have constant reminders to people and updates. You have group talks. You do all those things to make sure that people are abreast to what you're doing. So it would have been a big surprise had you all of a sudden been like, oh yeah, this isn't actually coming out, you know, whatever, fuck you. That kind of thing wasn't going to happen. Right. kept people so up to date. So it was still nice of you to be able to put out, you know, part one and then also deliver with part two. But I never really got, when I'm looking back, right, I have the benefit of hindsight, but when I'm looking back at comments and I'm looking back at what people were saying, it does seem like people had that trust in you because you were doing all the right things. We tried really hard, man. I mean, there are a lot of people that, uh, you know, that did express frustration along the way. Ah, And I think, I think what people are looking for in those situations is just communication. Yeah. Right. So every time that we received an email, uh, you know, I'm sure a couple fell through the track cracks, but Every time there was a communication on social media, every time there was a comment, every time there was an email that came through, every time there was anything, mm-hmm. we try to respond to those people individually and say, look, you know, we realize like we are acutely aware of this process taking quite a while. Right. Um, here are the reasons. I know that that doesn't, doesn't matter, but just please, you Stick know, with us. trust us mm-hmm. that it's going to be worth it. Right. You know what I mean? And usually those people are like, okay, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. You know, communication. Right. Yeah, I would say less than one percent of people uh, who had communicated along the way, you know, any ounce of frustration, you know, ended up walking away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Almost every single one of them sort of circled back and was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah cool." You know, I've had a lot of people come back and say, "You know, what? it took a while, but it was totally worth it." A lot of people have said that. So, oh yeah, yeah, it all worked out. I mean, I can certainly imagine that. But what also what makes me chuckle as well is when I look at the Patreon, and then I go to the website, omnicorp.one, and I check things out. To me, it seems like you don't have fans. You're the leader of a cult or a religion now. (laughs) Oh, 
man. Yes. And yeah. I joke about that constantly <laughs> on, on my podcast for the Patreon. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of old news, dude. I guess um, so. Yeah. I'm behind the times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been yeah i've been making that joke for like going on two years now i'm like Shit. i'm like let's be honest here guys i'm just gonna rename this community you guys can pick the name like i i put it up for vote yeah yeah they chose pale riders so that's yes, the name I saw of our that patreon on, community I saw that on the patreon. Uh, i'm not gonna lie dude this is a full-fledged cult i'm yep. the cult leader you guys are the uh the the minions the 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 uh what do you call the people that are in the cult? You know, the uh, followers, uh, the followers. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 You the guys chosen, are the followers. However you want to do it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it really is like that. And I was joking about that earlier today. It's like, uh, you know, I do have this inner circle of support that are ride or die, man. And yeah. like, I am super fortunate. I am super fortunate, super thankful. And these people know it, man. I tell these guys ad nauseum, oh, like, good. hope you're not sick of me saying thank you for you guys. You're right. the you're the straw that stirs my drink. <laughs> right, right. People, if you're listening to this and you haven't been, check out the Patreon for sure because there are so many different tiers. I was checking that out. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's going to be available coming up soon. But then also... I believe the Omni Omnicorp dot one that's fan made, right? Yeah, that's Patreon people. So that's we had a team. Crazy. Of, we had a team of eight, but there's two primary primary dudes who are responsible for that. I don't know if I want them. I want to reveal their oh, real sure. names because they, they may not even want that. But maybe they do want shout outs. I don't know. I'll I'll just say Tom and Nate. Okay. Those guys have really, you know, obviously like I'm, I'm involved a little bit, but sure. those guys have done most of the heavy lifting on that front. And they came to me with the idea oh, wow. and then they're like, we want to do this. And I'm like, are you sure this is going to be a lot of work? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we want to do it. Yeah. This is a full fledged thing. Like people should go to this just to see how much work was put into it because I was playing around. I was like, okay, well maybe you know, they, they went a little all out on the front page to make it seem like there was something here, but no, no, there's like tons of Easter eggs and there's a bunch of stuff that you can look into. Uh, they have, you know, when the drops, there's going to be that drop on March, uh, 2023, which we'll talk about. And there's so much to do on this website, but it, it really does, or it is in touch with the world that you have created. And that's, what's so cool about it is you can really lose yourself in the lore and still I like, appreciate that. You know dude. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so to give people an overview, okay, an alternate reality game, if you've never played one of these things, it's basically a marketing tool that uh, video games like, you know, Halo or films have used like Cloverfield. That is, it's like a creative marketing piece that is meant to f pull you into the world building. Right. Mm -hmm. So it can be anything from like real world treasure hunts and or, uh, you know, longitude, latitude locations, which we did do on ours um, mm -hmm. <laughs> for something uh, to, you know, games and puzzles that lead you to unique content surrounding the piece of media in question. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I played a few of the games uh, back in the day that came out. What, my favorite ARG of all time is the Cloverfield ARG. I don't know if ah, you're familiar with that one. Yes, but, uh, I, am, I am aware. I, lo I, I just love that movie and I, I love the ARG. So, so this one, I'll give you guys a little bit of an overview without ruining it. Sure. Um, Omnicorp.one, 
Okay. Oh yeah. I've just been saying one. Yeah. It, it is a corporate, it is a corporate website for the Omni Corporation, which in the world of the Omni universe, I'm calling it the Omniverse. Makes sense. Is the big tech company that becomes the technocracy or the one world government. So they right. take over all media and basically all communication and everything else in society, right? Um, so Amazon meets Google meets Apple. All, they all merge and they all get bought out by this one company mm-hmm. and uh, takes over everything. And they develop all of these innovations that revolutionize like the human experience, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, it becomes, becomes crazy in the sense that there is a new technological drop that they are teasing called the augment that is rumored to mess with human lifespans basically. Right. And they don't reveal what it is, but it fuels global expectation. Like there's all this hype surrounding it and they reveal what it is just prior to OmniFest, which is a huge festival and rave that takes place uh, in a both real world and virtual hybrid environment uh, on the site of ancient Babylon. Right. Uh, so this is a new smart city is developed there. And this festival takes place in the city and the VIP experience is in the Omni Tower, which is this gigantic tower that levitates off the ground and you have to take a tractor beam to enter it, which is on the cover of our, our album. Yes. Okay. So the Omnicorp is the head of all this stuff. So if you go to Omnicorp.1 and there is a novel that I'm writing that I'm almost finished with that's coming out later this year. That's going to, it's going to explain everything. Yeah. Once you read it. Yes. Once you read it, I appreciate that dude. Once you read it, it's all going to make sense. I have the first chapter of, uh, of the second draft. It's not the final draft, but it's the second draft Mm -hmm. uh, of the, the Omni novel uh, comes as a part of the Omni vinyl box set. And it only comes as a part of that. Oh, if you get the Omni vinyl box set, it comes with all this extra stuff. Nice. But it also comes with chapter one of the Omni novel, and it okay. really starts to make let things make sense. So back to the ARG. If you go to the website, it's the Omni corporate website, omnicorp.one, and you can actually apply to become an employee of the company. And if you pass the employee test, which is one so, part of the ARG that I actually wrote. I actually I saw wrote, that wrote the employment application. Those questions so. are fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote, I wrote the test. I'm just going to reveal that. Uh, and if you pass the test, you gain access uh, to the inner workings and you become an employee of the Omni corporation. And uh, there's more things that you get to access. And um you just get more pieces of the puzzle, basically. Um, but there's all these different games on there that you can play and uh, you can unlock other pieces of the puzzle by playing the games as well. So, wow, there's a lot to it. Yeah. A lot of world building involved. There's a lot of nerd, uh, but it's all fun. It's yes. all really fun. I've always just wanted to like use music as a hook mm-hmm. to draw you further into a world uh, that's immersive, basically. Right. And so this is the furthest I've ever taken any any concept like this. Exactly. And that's one of the things we talked about before as well. That's what gets, like, I love concept albums. And when a band is able to put a storyline to it as well, 
Because we talked about, you know, what was going to be the right way for you to actually put that out. Was it going to be a graphic novel? Was it going to be a story, a film, right. all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff? And you have the option to do it all. You can do whatever you want. But sure. I love that when a band is able to put so much creativity not only into the music, but also the storyline to give you even more. Because I, I envision, you know, reading the novel while listening to the music and being yeah, able to, I mean, you know. That's the goal. Yeah, that's exactly. the goal. And I love that. And it's not going to be a super long read. So, sure. you know, and, and I'm writing this honestly and truly. Uh, I'm writing this because I, I want it to become a film. And okay. Okay. I, I want uh, some studio or some director or, 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 or somebody who's in the film world mm-hmm. to pick this thing up and to take it even further than what we did with it, which is, you know, music video content, basically, sure. you know, and turn this into a full-fledged feature. Um, and I'm writing it with that in mind. So it's still in process, but it's very close to being edited and done. Okay. And I'm really excited about it. And um, it's been a lot of work and I have a lot more work to do beyond that as well but it's it's all been such joy and the fact that people are receiving it so well just means that i'm gonna do more (laughs) that's great exactly exactly no that's that's one of the things i'll be pre-ordering is i want i want the story that's a big thing awesome man as as you know so let's talk about the real world augment (laughs) event that you have coming up because i could only assume that that's what it is the release show two-day event that you're going to be doing March 1st and 2nd in Nashville. You got to tell me some of the behind-the-scenes story of that. Like, how did you decide on Nashville? And then what is the plan for this event? Because it really does seem like this is exactly what you should be doing. So it's a two-day album release party. Mm -hmm. It's a weekend. And we wanted to make it worthwhile for people to travel to right yeah so you've got a lot of different pieces of the puzzle here uh the first night march 1st uh we will be doing a vip dinner and all of this will be kind of there'll be easter eggs <laughs> surrounding the omni world okay that we'll tap into here with each of these little pieces of the puzzle mm-hmm. still in process but it's 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 coming together okay so uh vip dinner uh, select small group of people, and then we'll do a VIP live stream where we'll take classic P eighty six songs and we'll sort of reimagine them. Uh, it won't it won't be like an acoustic thing, mm-hmm. but it won't be full band either. It'll be somewhere in between the middle, kind of like a spoken word kind of lounge performance. But don't think band members sitting on stools, right? You know what right. I'm saying? Okay. So we're, that will be a thing, and then afterwards we're doing this VIP gala. Uh, kind of like a an after party kind of thing. At a, each of these will be at their own kind of venue. Okay. So it's kind of like a, a crawl mm-hmm. uh, where you're kind of hopping through little pieces of the puzzle, right? Right. Second night, we're doing a full-blown uh, performance uh, that will also be a live stream uh, that will also contain additional content. So it'll be kind of like a multimedia thing. Ah. Uh, working with my director who has worked on the last two music videos. Oh, very nice. Um, okay. So we're going to have some really cool content surrounding it, not just the band performance. I know everybody will come for the band performance, but we're going to have other stuff included with it. Okay. Um, both online and in person. So it's a pretty select event in person. We're almost sold out. Uh, nice. Okay. We have about 30 tickets left. 
Wow. Um, so if people want to join us in person in Nashville for March 2nd, um, get your tickets because there's not many left. Nice. And uh, obviously you can join us online and that will be its own experience. And you can watch after the fact. You don't have to watch it live. You can watch it perpetually ah, okay. if you buy a ticket. So all the ticket tiers are on our web store. Yes. You just go to project86.com, go to the store, go to the link on the main page there and uh, you can get a ticket. Very nice. No, it sounds like a sounds like a very cool well thought out event which you know it's not some it's not every day that you have something like that is this going to be for that for that second show then that march 2nd show is that going to be i i highly doubt you would do part one and part two but are you going to do at least one of those front to back they won't be front to back we'll be doing we'll be doing select songs from both both sides of the album um and uh it you know we toyed with that idea you know what i mean but it's like we couldn't do all 23 songs in one sitting you know (laughs) so we felt like what what are people gonna want they're gonna want you know to hear the jams (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like (laughs) You know, we'll play the jams and then, you know, maybe there'll be a moment in the future where we just do Omni part one front to back and then okay. we do Omni part two front to back. Let's see how much of a cult following this this That's album right. develops. You know what I mean? But so far, like the response has been shocking for me. Right. Right. Well, I mean, obviously that's great. But then I guess the question I want to follow that with is, you know, when you transform P86 Omni, are you willing to go travel again and play live on a tour like is that something that you see in your future now it's a good question um i think everything is on the table at okay, this point so nothing, you know what yeah, i'm saying nothing's off the table when it comes nothing's to, off yeah. the okay. table but but like you know when you talk touring you know for my band um and given you know the world of touring right now and just you know who we are as a band like I don't know. I don't want to say no. You know what I mean? Sure. But but it's right now. It's more. I would say under the banner of select touring. Okay. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. You can choose different areas, like similar mm-hmm. to what you're doing with Nashville. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, by the way, so why? I mean, besides Nashville being the new Austin, why was <laughs> Na- why was Nashville chosen? Well, everyone that I work with, my entire band and like most of my production team is either there or near there. Okay. I'm the only one in Southern California That's or even okay. close to it. <laughs> so I end up traveling to the, you know, to either Nashville or the Midwest for everything that I do. I see. So all of my guys and everybody are located out there. So it's just like, okay, I can bring everybody to me. Mm-hmm. Or I can go to them. You know, it's usually me going to them just because that's the practical thing to do. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And that's why I wasn't exactly sure. Because I know the big thing that we have here, because I'm in Austin, Texas. The big thing that we hear is that the Californians that used to come to Austin are now going to Nashville. So that's what I wasn't sure if it was part of that as a reason for why. But obviously Nashville is also a huge music city. And it's a, you know, not maybe not a touristy city, but it's a city that people would travel yeah. to go to. Totally. It's a destination. Totally. Yeah. And that that definitely adds into it for sure, into the decision. Yeah. No, no, that totally makes sense. Well, let me ask you another thing that has to do with an event or maybe maybe not a tour like we talked about, but playing things live. So you've got Omni part one and part two just came out, but then 
really it's 2024 too. So you also have two albums that are on their 10th and 20th year anniversaries with Knives to the Future and Songs to Burn Bridges by. Are you planning yeah. on doing anything? Well, we just released uh, Songs to Burn Bridges by on vinyl. Um, oh, we've been selling that. a grip ton of those, actually. I'd imagine. Uh, if, you want, if you guys want one of those, um, you can certainly grab one. Very cool. Let's go to project86.com and go to the store. Uh, Knives to the Future, I didn't realize that. It's been 10 years. That's incredible. Yeah. That That's what I'm incredible. saying. Incredible. Like time flies. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy when I think about your career. And I'm sure it's, I mean, obviously, it's way crazier for you when you're thinking back. The amount of times you guys have been around, just, or the amount of time that you've been around and making album after album, the amount of content that you put out, not only with Omni obviously being the new thing, but 11 to 12 albums, however you want to say it, plus EPs. Mm -hmm. And to be going down the list and say that you have an album that is turning 20 is just, I mean, it's crazy in the scene of music. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. Mind-blowing. That you guys are, or you yourself, the band, however you want to do it, you're a veteran of this scene. Yeah. And you've been able to reinvent yourself with Omni. It's just, it's pretty unheard of. Dude, uh, yeah. It feels like uncharted territory for me as well and yeah. it's like kind of unbelievable i'm really thankful for all the compliments by the way like oh, yeah. I, I just super humbled by it all and like I, uncharted territory in the event that like i wake up and it's like almost uncomfortable you know oh, what i'm saying okay. i'm, I'm okay. like i don't even know what to do i don't even know what to do with myself this is so exciting i can't oh, believe it gotcha you know okay. and it's also like supremely overwhelming because the amount of like traffic and like action that we're getting on all fronts mm -hmm. is like wild can't right. keep up with it speaking of which i have to wrap here because i oh, have okay. uh I have a whole uh, whole other round of uh, media I have to do after. Gotcha. Okay, <laughs> in five well, minutes. All right. Well, what we'll do is we'll do this really quick. So I will have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can get to all those sites that you mentioned. I'll have those very easy for people to get their hands on so that they can support you guys for sure. But man, Andrew, thank you so much for doing part two with me. I, You know how much I've enjoyed Omni. And we'll definitely, we'll do another talk when I want to, I want to delve into the story. So save Let's that do for it. me. Like when we get, when we get down the road here and I've got this book done and yeah. out, which will probably be second quarter of this year. Okay. It's not that far away. It's not going to take like, you know, that long. Sure. We're, we're, we're pretty close. I okay. mean, I've just been a little bit bogged down by the album release. Of course, of course. Um, I just, if I can get, you know, a few days here to just buckle down and tighten up a few things, it's in editing and the editing process will go pretty quick. Right. So yeah, let's do that. Yeah, man. Uh, I would love to do it again. That would okay. be fantastic. That sounds great. All right. Save that for me. Go do media and we'll, uh, we'll talk tomorrow. All right. I'll let you go do your thing now and we'll just, we'll finish up saying goodbye tomorrow. All right. Ian, you're the best. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. And we'll do it again soon. Sounds good, buddy. Catch See you later. See you soon, brother. See ya. Bye-bye.